0: I first met Darcy Patrick five years ago when we were both speaking at a Family Support of Niagara group. And Darcy has lived with depression most of his life. And when I met him, he had just released his first book, Why I Run, which was about his story. He's now written five books. And he's a public speaker, wellness writing coach, and uh, peer support worker. So he's really, really expanded um, his, uh, his ability to share his journey. And Darcy is with me today to talk about his latest book, which is called Managing Wellness. Hi, Darcy. So, wow, five books. Four, you just written "Why I Run," your first book. When I met you, when we were both speaking at a family support of Niagara group, and you've written four books since then. And um, yeah, it's so you've written about the power of so "Why I Run" was your first book, which was your story of living with depression and the journey for you to, you know, realize that that's what was happening in your life and your the start of your journey to wellness. And since then, you've written a book about uh, the power of creative writing. Meditation, which we have already talked about, is not my thing. So I sort of scanned that one. Um, and the big let go, which is to, to, and we talked about that most recently, the idea of letting go of those things that are blocking you. So those behaviors and thoughts that are blocking you from, from achieving wellness. And now the new one, which came out, um last month is called Managing Wellness. So now we've moved into the sort of getting rid of the baggage. How do we keep it going that way? And it's kind of a compilation of your other books.
1: Yeah, because I write as I grow. So each tool that I wrote about in the other books, um, I had to learn how to apply those tools to, to all these new situations that I was facing in my life, uh, and I really wanted to share, uh, you know, as I as I experienced these new these new ways of using the tools, I wanted to show people uh, how I was reaching different levels. Right, so every time I write, it's always about my personal journey and uh, and how I've grown in each section of my life. And, you know, nothing I write about is uh, truly spectacular in my mind, but it is always one book leading to the next book leading to the next book. Um, So they kind of write themselves because I'm living each section as I'm writing.
0: And while your books are extremely easy to read and you've written them in really nice sort of bite-sized chunks. So you don't have to sit down and read, you know, a 15-page chapter all at the same time. And um the uh I know meditation has been really helpful for you, so I should I should say that. I'm I know it would be helpful for me, but I'm a little bit impatient still, so it's hard for me to um to uh kind of make the time, which is sort of a silly thing to say, but uh, so let's let's talk about managing wellness the first thing that you say about it is that it's about creating your own personal connection in three, the, all three parts of who you are. So that's mind, body, soul. And yeah. and what does that mean, That that connection?
1: Well, I think that we kind of forget about that connection as we go through our lives. That, you know, that we have a body that we're moving around in, that we breathe right like the first thing i talk about is the power of the breath the one thing that we completely ignore and it speaks to us every day um and our mind and how we you know we think different things every day and we have misconceptions we have influences that are pushing us around and making us you know think and feel our soul Uh, In different ways. So I went the longest time without acknowledging the fact that there were three parts of me, that a lot of the stuff that I would read about, hear about when it came to a mind, body and soul connection was just hippie trippy crap that actually had no meaning at all in my life. Um, But, you know, as I grew, I had to really acknowledge the fact that you know what, there are three parts to every single one of us and some of us never get a chance to realize that and my goal with writing this book was to like really show people that even the most stubborn dude on the face of the earth who struggled with depression for the longest time was able to put those three pieces together and I wanted to show how
0: the, um, the first thing in your book, and I, and I did love this, was to fall in love with your breath. And part of that was not, you know, lie there, you know, and, and find a quiet time and breathe. It's really super easy. When you're facing something, you start by just sitting and taking five deep breaths. And as soon as I read that, I thought, I feel that and it's something that anybody can do so before we started you are the easiest person in the world to talk to but before we started i took my five deep breaths and it really does bring you down ground you and allow you to feel calm and focused on on the the task at hand
1: yeah so i call it the power of five simply taking five deep breaths and actually paying attention to them. So I drew on another experience that I had when I started to really pay attention to the five deep breaths, and that was how I learned how to run long distance. Where we, when we start to run, um, we start off really simply by counting with our hands. Uh, And you run for, you know, a certain amount of time, and then you walk, and then you run, and you walk, and and you run, and then you're finished. So I decided I was going to use that same method where I use my thumb and I just, you know, I take a really deep breath and I let it go. And then I repeat, you know, with my set, with my first finger, my third finger, my fourth and my fifth. And by the third breath, I had this warmth in the center of my chest. And I realized that I was creating this myself and that by the fourth breath, I could really grow it. And by the fifth, it was there. And the calming that came from it was amazing. And the power of five deep breaths, it takes you, you know, maybe 10 seconds to do this exercise. And it's something that, you know, is so powerful. And like you said, can just round you out and calm you down in any situation. And we just don't do it. And it's the simplest thing. And if we can do this, and calm ourselves, then we can have a whole new understanding of that mind, body, and soul connection. How, by taking the five deep breaths, we physically feel calmer, we feel that warmth in our chest, and we think clearer. And, you know, if we can even just practice that on a daily basis, we start to build that connection without even realizing it.
0: And we can all take 10 seconds, right? I think that, I think like I was, I was saying, You know, you think of, oh, I have to relax, so it's, you know, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm all fritzed out about my work, I'll have to lie down for at least 20 minutes, I'll have to breathe, I'll have to, you know, clear my mind. And this is something that's so bite-sized. And I loved that you start your day. You know, when you wake up, you do five deep breaths to get into your day. And yeah. yeah, I mean, that's and I can I can just I tried it this morning because we, we were just talking about it. Actually, we talked briefly earlier this week. And um, so I read the chapter last night and I thought, OK, I'm going to try this. And it's phenomenal.
1: Yeah, because people have so many misconceptions of what meditation actually is, of what mindfulness actually is. And they think that they have to take like this big chunk out of their day they have to sit a certain way on the floor with their legs crossed They have to have their hands placed in a certain way it's like if you are allowing all these things to influence you to push you around and stop you from actually enjoying your life then men you really need to buy this book because managing wellness and just loving your breath It's like as simple as taking 10 seconds out of your day and doing it. And man, what a difference, right? So you can go from like dreading the day that's ahead of you. When you wake up in the morning and you go, oh man, I got this going on. Or I got this going on. All of a sudden, it's like you wake up in the morning, you take those five deep breaths and you become excited about your day. Like what's my day going to bring me today? As opposed to, oh man
0: right and this is for everybody this isn't just people who are who are living with uh with a mental illness or mental health issues this book is really for everybody so mindful mindfulness in your everyday life and again many people hear that and they think oh, i don't have time for this um mindfulness is Is different for every single person it's not just about going for a long walk and listening to the birds and and watching the trees you create your own mindful mindfulness practice i guess you could call it
1: yeah so i mean we call it a practice right so mindfulness practice uh meditation practice right we don't call it mindfulness perfection or my or meditation perfection It's a practice. So it's something that we have to embrace ourselves in our own ways, do it over and over and enjoy those moments of doing it. It's not about doing it perfectly every single time. It's just about doing it. None of us learn how to ride a bike by just getting on it and and not falling. None of us learn how to skate on ice without falling. Right. So none of us are going to learn how to practice mindfulness without doing it over and over and in our own ways and learning the benefits from it. And you're right, this book is not for people who struggle with depression, anxiety. This is just for people who are breathing and living. It's for everyone, right? Because we all have a mind, a body, and a soul. And at some point in time, I am so hopeful that people will get that connection, will understand what it means to have that practice. To enjoy something in their life. Mindfulness is a word that's being thrown around. It's like probably the biggest buzzword uh, that I've heard, uh, other than being your authentic self, um, you know, in the past 10 years. And people get scared of it and they say things like, I don't have time for it. I'll never be good at it. But it's just living and breathing. So, how can you not be good? At doing something that you already are doing. You're just not paying attention to it.
0: Yeah, that's the thing when I, I moved here um, Just over 20 years ago because I wanted to start riding Horses again and I had I had been driving down here for you know a few months to take lessons and I Realized you know when I go into a barn. I feel so good You know some people say oh, I can't stand the smell of a barn to me it was just this wonderful relaxation, and I was i don't know it was probably only about three or four years ago when I was talking to someone about mindfulness, and I was talking about how when I go to the barn, my world goes away, and they said to me, that's mindfulness that's your 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 mindful practice, and it comes to you naturally, so I think the people, if they, if they look for that thing that just takes the world away from them and puts them in a place. You know, when I leave the barn, it all comes back again, but I get that period of time. So if people just think about what is it that I do in my life that takes it all away, packages it over there for a bit and allows me to just bring myself down. Is that sort of the way you would, you would um, uh, suggest to people how they find mindfulness, their, their place? Uh,
1: absolutely. And to celebrate the small things, right? Um, make them bigger, right? Because we do that with the negative, right? So if we talk about uh, negative situations that happen in our lives, we'll hold on to them for long extended periods of time. We'll romance them. We'll make them bigger and larger than life. But then when we do things that we love to do, we give it absolutely no attention until we become mindful of it. So with you, with going to the to, to your barn, right? All of a sudden you're like, oh man, I love walking in and just taking a deep breath. That's special for you. That smell, right? Everything that you do when you're in that moment is something that you now celebrate while you're in it. And so each and every one of us have wonderful moments in our lives that we take for granted and we don't give attention to so you know part of the my creative writing thing that I do and I teach is that I teach people how to break down those situations write about them and give them the attention that they need and all of a sudden the light bulb moment goes off and they're like holy smokes I do things that I enjoy on a daily basis but I just don't give it the attention that it needs so You know, being mindful is about giving that attention and we're all capable of doing it. And the reason why we're capable of doing it is because we do it all the time when it's a negative thing. So if something happens in our lives that we dislike, we don't like, we can rant and we can rave about those things and build them big and big and big and create stress and create, you know, dark states in our lives, Um, you know. Focusing on the hate, fear, especially with COVID-19, we, you know people really focused on horrible things and built it bigger and bigger. So we're capable of doing this. We've just got to transfer it into doing it when it feels good. Giving the attention to our special places, right? To the things that we love with great detail the same as we do when we're thinking about something negative. And that's, you know, just being mindful, taking those five deep breaths and actually like paying attention to how your body's reacting, feeling that warmth in the center of your chest. That takes 10 seconds. And I got news for you. Everybody's capable of doing it. Why? Because you're living. So if you don't have 10 seconds to pay attention to five deep breaths, you're breathing anyways. If you're not breathing, you're not living. So what's the harm in paying attention to your, to the, to your breath?
0: Well, it's so easy to, uh, to bring yourself down to, to look at the negatives. And nobody, none of us feels comfortable with certainly talking about the positive things about our, our life or about us as a person. Um, but we find it easy to talk to someone else about the things that are where we're failing. So um, it, is, it is very, very hard. But the next part, you move into coping skills. How do you go about developing coping skills? So coping skills is a fun
1: thing um, that I love to work with people. Like When I'm working at St. Joe's in my peer support job, because everybody is unique. Everybody has their own struggles. Um, and so it's fun to create coping skills for people to develop themselves. And it gives them confidence. It gives them um, an outlet to channel their uh, emotions and to make themselves feel good, right? So developing coping skills is all about quite simply finding something the way I start is really finding something that you do in the morning for yourself before you start your day. something that you do halfway through your day at lunch, and something that you do before you go to bed that you enjoy doing. And so it starts there with those three simple things that you can do for yourself in those moments. So if you wake up in the morning and you're anxious about your day, what can you do for yourself that you enjoy doing, that you love to do before you carry on through your day? So you're in a calm state, right? And then the halfway through point, I really love because, you know, at lunchtime we can, we have a choice halfway through our day. We can either allow if it's a bad day to completely roll, roll over us and uh, and send us into a downward spiral, or we can take time out to center ourselves, to change the way we feel about our day, do something that we enjoy doing, like taking those five deep breaths. Um, you know, and check in. And we can also celebrate if a day is going well. So when we talk about mental health, when we talk about, you know, um, what's that? The Bell Let's Talk Day, right? So everybody thinks that it has to be about coming forward and talking about our struggles, talking about the bad things that happen in our lives. But why can't it be about celebrating the good things in our lives? So if you have a friend of yours or a family member who struggles with mental health, wouldn't it be great if one day you called them and they actually talked about really good things in their lives instead of the bad? So halfway through our day, we can celebrate. I write, so I'll sit down and I will write about how good my day is going. And if it's not going that well, I'll use a tool to turn it around, right? So that's like a coping skill that we can use. And at the end of the night, we got to sleep. Okay? There's no other answer to this. You got to sleep. Because if you don't sleep, if you don't sleep for three days, you're heading down into a depressed state that may take you a week or two to get out of, or longer, depending on your your history with mental health. So you got to be able to go to bed and get a proper night's sleep. Right? And if you don't, then like I said, you're going to be heading down a rabbit hole that may take you a while to get out. So having something that you do at the end of the night to feel good about yourself um, is like super important. You need that release. You need to, to go to sleep and know that whatever is there on your mind is going to be there the next day for you to deal with. But the most important thing is, is that you got to get some sleep. So when I develop coping skills with people, I make it really personal. And I start with just those three spots where you can care for yourself in a day, morning, noon, and night. And hopefully what happens when you develop coping skills is that you fill in those space, you fill in those spaces, right? Between morning, noon, and night, that you're mindful throughout your day. And that, you know, those coping skills are coming into, in, into play uh, just when you feel good and you're feeling good about feeling good.
0: So some of the issues that might build up during the day and then you get into bed and it's like all of these things, you can actually deal with those as you go through the day, even if it's morning, noon, and then night. And what I've learned to do is to say to myself, and if I sometimes, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night a lot thinking about stuff and I say to myself, what can I do about it now? Nothing, I can't do anything about it now. And it's taken me kind of years to actually, which, you know, it's amazing how long something can take to realize that instead of worrying about it all, I just have to say to myself, what can I do about it now? I can't do anything about it now. So let's deal with it in the morning. I know you don't know what your next book is probably because you said to me, first the title comes to you and then the book just kind of flows from that. Uh, so we're going to wait for book number six. But where do people go to get your to get your books, which are also available in audio format?
1: Yeah. So uh, you can visit uh, darcypatrick.com, which is my website, and there's links to buy uh, online um, at Amazon, Indigo, um, the audiobooks. Uh, there's three audiobooks right now. The this new book, Managing Wellness. I'm recording now. So that'll be out soon. You can get that through Audible as well. Um, And if you live in the Niagara area, you can uh, message me directly by email or, you know, Facebook or whatever and uh, off my site and I can get books into your hands if you live locally.
0: Darcy, thank you so much. Stay well. Um, I hope that you continue to um get physically better. And I know that you will always continue to get uh, mentally better as you continue to, to build and share your journey.
1: Yes. And thank you for having me as always. It's always a pleasure.